Good morning, everybody. In the first service, they were back there. So you guys are in the damage row. I can grab you. Amen. I don't have to reach and just look down and get you in a good way. Amen. It's going to be back in the best church in all of England. Amen. KT is the best church. She is great because of who founded her. Jesus is your founder and used a man named George Jeffries, who was one of the great healing evangelists of this country. When Wigglesworth traveled around the world and became famous, your founder stayed faithful to his call to this country and didn't roam all over for popularity. He stayed in his calling and built the Elam denomination and the great Kensington Temple Church. He preached from this platform and he worked from this platform, miracles, and he must have prayed a prayer and that God answered before he died that this place would stay full of his Shekinah glory and that his legacy would be that KT would be a voice that would never go silent. And now for many, many, many years, this church is always overflowing and running over with people and miracles and glory. And not every church in the world is like you. So make sure you enjoy it while you're here. Amen. I know a lot of you come in from around the world and come to school here. You're here for a little while and then God sends you back home not to die, but to go back and build what you learned here. there louder and wilder and crazier. Are you all still saved? That was a place to say amen. Amen. It's good to be back with Pastor Colin and Bruce and the team. I miss you all the time, except for I don't like your weather still. I left Florida yesterday or two days ago, and it was 90 degrees Fahrenheit. High blue skies and puffy little clouds and the palm trees were singing to me as I walked by them. I was in an earth heaven, and then I landed here. And I brought my coat and my gloves and my scarf, and I thought, this is insanity. All you should just move to Florida and just make Florida your new home and live happily ever after worshiping Jesus there. Amen? Amen. And we're so glad that Esther Bonham Ruth and the little girl and the new little girl that's shown up in about a month is with us on our team. And so we're so happy to have them with us. Uh, when I heard that he was going to be making a transition, I said, I want you. And somehow God said yes, and it worked out. So we're very happy that Esther Bonham is with us. I also, go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'll be speaking tonight, and I won't be as um, uh, worried about the clock uh, tonight as I am right now. But um, there's a good Bible school in this country that comes out of this church that I want to encourage everybody that's considering to be a minister or feels called to be in the ministry to come to the Bible school. Uh, you got Pastor Colin, and, and you know, one of the great things about this year's Bible school is you got Dr. Kendall sitting in your classroom almost every day teaching you the Bible. Do you know how wild that is? To have the number one theologian of the world, hi, good to see you again, uh, number one theologian of the world that likes the Holy Ghost sitting there teaching you the Bible and likes the Holy Ghost. You know, most theologians don't like the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost doesn't always obey their theology. Okay, we'll start again. Just because they give you a degree doesn't mean you're smart. You can be intelligently stupid. Good morning, everybody. I'm, I'm an American. I'm a visitor, and you know me, so praise the Lord. Even the dinosaur man's here. You know, he's real smart. I like him. 
He was teaching me things I didn't know. So it's important that you get spiritual knowledge in your life. If you go to Oxford and you learn how to be a lawyer or a doctor, that's the only place you can get blessed and you can use that knowledge is in that field of medicine or, or law. Spiritual knowledge is the, you can take that knowledge and use it in any part of your life, in your marriage, in your career, in wherever you go. Spiritual knowledge, knowledge applies to every part of you. So going to Bible school is not wasted time, it's investment life. He said, well, I don't feel called to preach. Well, you can still go to Bible school because you don't want to be spiritually ignorant and you want to concentrate and increase your spiritual understanding. So as you live your life, you take that with you and you become great in those fields because of what you put to practice of what you've learned from the Bible. Amen? Amen. Solomon said, in all you're getting, get understanding from the Lord. The number one reason why most Christians suffer Remember this. You're not going to like it, but remember it. It's because of ignorance. The number one reason why most of you here and most of you watching me are suffering is not because, number one, the devil. He's probably number two or three. I would say ignorance, number one, and your goofy friends, number two, and then the devil. It's amazing how people's friends mess up their life. Good preaching, Brother Roberts. Amen. Here, you should go to Bible school. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a good clap offering one more time if you would. Hallelujah. I've written new books since I saw you last. Here's one called How to Pray in Tongues Out Loud and Not Be Afraid. You'll like that one? Uh, I throw books so that way I make sure you're awake even at the 11 o'clock service when folks come to church just to be, you know, do their duty. Here's a book that I wrote called The Price of Spiritual Power. Uh, most people think it comes cheap. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, God uh, watches you for a while to see if you're consistent in your, con in your commitments to him. And when God sees you're consistent, then he increase his power or availability to use you in things. And so that's what that book talks about, how to do that. Amen. Did you get healed? All right. Praise the Lord. Then I wrote another one. Uh, I got this when I went to Africa. How many Africans we got here? I like Africa. I just don't like African governments. Every African government I've been around is crazy. Give me a minute. Let me talk about it. This is called run to the battle. When you run from something, you get in trouble. When you run to something, you conquer it. And you'll enjoy that. Here, Daniel, give it to somebody that looks desperate. <laughs> now, you'll like this one. Haunted houses, ghosts, and demons. What you can do about them besides run from them. So why don't you write a book about that? Well, I went home when I got through here to America. I like my country. If I wasn't American, I'd be British. And I mean that. You drink hot tea, we drink iced tea, but it's still tea. <laughs> I came home and I would turn on the TV and have it on in the room or in the house where I'm at. And at about seven, eight, nine o'clock, ghost hunter shows would come on. Guys with special cameras would be in a haunted house looking for a ghost. And people watched it. 
after dinner, drinking coffee. And then I notice we have a dog whisperer, is what they call it. A guy that talks to dogs and tells you what the dogs say him and why the dogs has emotional problems. <laughs> and I thought, I, I love my country and I know we're kind of weird, but I didn't know we were that weird. And I went to another channel the next day and that a horse whisperer. He talks to horses. And I thought, does anybody notice that there's something wrong with this picture? And America has been watching where it's in its second and third season, prime time, which means millions of people watch it. That's why they keep buying it. And then I noticed they have psychics with little stucky little hair that run around New York, little second lady. And she gives prophecies, second readings on the streets of New York. And everybody likes her. I thought, I don't want her to give me a prophecy. I get mine from Jesus, not from a little crazy spiky-haired woman from Long Island, New York. And then I noticed when I was a little boy, all vampires and werewolves were mean and ugly and you ran from them. Now they're hot and sexy. <laughs> you notice that on British TV or when you watch American shows? I mean, werewolves are hot and sexy people now. And vampires are the hot, sexy models in, in Hollywood. I began to ask some of my pastor friends, I said, have you... Uh, taught on demonology, uh, at least, you know, once a year in your church, maybe two Wednesdays if you're scared to do it on Sunday and scared the money people away. They all like, eight out of 10, no joke. Eight out of 10, I asked 10 of my pastor friends, eight of them, all went something like this. <laughs> no, we don't do that. I said, why? Because it'll scare the people away. I thought, the only one scared is you. America is watching horse whisperers, werewolves, dead people walking, all kinds of stupid shows, and the preachers are scared to say, you have power of the devil in Jesus' name to bind him and resist him and cast him out. Oh, it'll scare you. You know what's scared is that religious devil in you may actually get exposed and kicked out. So that's why I wrote this book. So get it and be happy. Amen. Oh, did you catch it? Now make sure you read that book and don't just collect it. Amen. Are you all happy? Yeah. It's good to see all my friends and some of our graduates from the school when I was here. It's always good to be at KT. Like I said, the best church in all of England. Amen. You see, Brother Roberts, why is this the best church? Number one, they actually teach the Bible to you when you come to church. There's probably thousands of British people that went to church a day and just had a cup of tea and a nice little psalm verse. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> and they went home. No wonder their life is all messed up and their kids are crazy. And no wonder they're on four kinds of counseling and three kinds of drugs to stay stable. You're in a great church because the staff of this church is not scared to teach the Bible to you and to practice it in front of you and encourage you to go in the cell groups and down the streets of London and do the same thing unashamedly. So be proud of that and don't be ashamed of it. People say, where do you go to church? I go to the best church in town, KT, and you should come too. Say, Brother Roberts, mm -mm. that's what you should say. If this is your church, it should be the best church. Thank you for the no amens on that. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to have fun with you today. You found First Corinthians 12? If you ask a hundred Christians... Where in the Bible does God list the nine gifts of power 
the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, I would say probably 60 of the 100 would go, I don't know. It's in the Bible. Uh, always remember, general knowledge does not get miracles. What you know and believe specifically gets you Bible results. So when you just kind of know, well, it's in the Bible, that means you don't know it. It's in the Bible. Well, the, even the devil says that. The devil say, it's in the Bible. What verse? What chapter? What book? I don't know. Maybe the New Testament. No, that's a part of the whole thing. What book of the New Testament? I don't know. Then he asks the remaining 40, can you name the nine gifts? And they'll probably go, love, faith, mercy, and a real stupid one will say, angels. <laughs> True. I want to ask you to do that this morning. I want you all to look real smart today. And you'll get down to about maybe 10 or 15 people. And then you ask them, how do you get one of the gifts or any of the gifts to work for you? How do you get the gift of the word of knowledge to help you out? How do you get the discerning of spirits to help you out in your office or raising your children? How do you get the gift of tongues and interpretation to come to you in your house where you live most of the time? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, do you have a Bible? Is it on that phone? Turn it on. Look at it. Thank you, sir. Good morning, everybody. I'm back. I love you, and I know I'm a home person, but also a guest, but I'm a blunt, bold, crazy Pentecostal preacher, and I like it. If you don't like it, it's your problem. <laughs> I don't change because I'm in England. The Bible don't change because you go to different cultures. The Holy Ghost stays the same in America and England, France and Germany and all of the He stays the same. So don't you change because... Colors change, weight change, and intelligence change. Stay the same. Good morning, everybody. And you watching? Mm, on YouTube. <laughs> See, the secret people who are scared to come to church are sitting out there at home going, ooh, I pray your TV don't change. It just freezes right now until I get done. <laughs> I love being a preacher. It's better than a prime minister. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, sisters, Christians, I would not have you ignorant. Uh-oh. The Bible is real blunt about this. It says many things, and one of the things it says to us, he doesn't want you ignorant over spiritual matters, especially the gifts that the Holy Spirit manifests in the church and in your life. Spiritual gifts belong to everybody. He said, Brother Roberts, I'm not Catherine Kuhlman. No, you're not. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not Pastor Colin. No, you're not. But you're you. And Jesus likes you. 
Jesus doesn't give gifts to some people and forgets other people. Sometimes people talk about the gifts of the Spirit and they always seem to talk about the person on the stage that God's given a ministry to that ministers to large crowds and we'll go, wow, they have a, the word of knowledge or they have the working of miracles. And sometimes you forget verse 7. It says in verse 7 of this chapter that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everybody, every man. That's where you put your name. Your name is in the Bible right there. My name's all through the Bible like yours is if you know where to find it. Here's a verse that says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to Roberts Lairdon. He gave them to me, and he gave them to you too. You don't have to be a five-fold preacher. He belongs to a believer. A believer anywhere can have the nine gifts in their life. Now, I saw in my life the greatest preacher I ever saw in my life was a woman. I don't know where the men were. A red-headed woman named Catherine Kuhlman. My God, Catherine Kuhlman was, just makes your brains fall over and faint when you even think about her. Most of you didn't see her, but I saw her. Her services was four, sometimes, sometimes five hours long. And nobody wanted to go home when there was 10,000 people in the auditorium with 4,000 trying to get into the fire marshal uh, had to hold on the outside everywhere she went. A red-headed woman from a small little town of Missouri, God gave her ministry, the strong gift of the word of knowledge and the working of miracles like I've never seen in my life anywhere. Now, I could stand here like I had before and tell you her story, and I just get blessed telling it. But I don't want us to look and go, wow, she was special. No, she was obedient to what God asked her to do. But the same gifts that worked on, through her on the platform work through you on your everyday life where you live. God didn't give Miss Kuhlman something. He didn't give you. He gives the gifts to everybody. Let's read verse 7 again. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to everybody. That includes you. Everybody 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 includes you. It includes you and your crazy kids. Don't let tradition and the wrong type of respect of the ministry gifts to excommunicate you from where God included you and gifted you. Every gift you see on a platform flowing through a minister or a vessel of God works in your private life the same way it works up here. But somehow we don't highlight that enough, so we run to get the gifted person to help us. And we forget we're gifted too. Every single one of us, God sent the Holy Spirit to give you the nine gifts of the Spirit 
Now, what is what verse 7 says as it finishes? So that you can have a profit in your life. So you can get victory in your life. Profit with all means this. Where it's not working right, where there's trouble, where there's problems, he has a gift that can fix that for you if you'll learn what they are and know how to cooperate with them. He said, Brother Roberts, I want you to pray for me. No, you pray for yourself. (laughs) See, I didn't come along so that you'll need me for your whole life. Every preacher, write this down, every preacher should work himself out of a job (laughs) to where one, I said, write it down. I said, every preacher should work himself out of a job where one day you don't need him. You know how to hear God for yourself. You know how to read the word right for yourself and get victory no matter where you are by yourself. That's what the ministry is all about. Now, now notice only about a fourth of you clapped because some of you don't like it already. I want you to pray for me. No, you pray for yourself, you lazy thing, you. You pray for yourself. But Brother Roberts, I want you to touch me. No. <laughs> touch yourself. Lay hands on your own self. Get victory yourself. Yeah. Lord have mercy, I'm back. He gave. He gave. Uh, you, you don't pay for it. He already gave it to you. You don't, you don't give money for it. You get available to it. He gave you. He gave it to you. Even you weird looking people, he gave it to you too. You good looking people, he gave it to you. He gave it to everybody that belongs to him. He gives a gifts to you called the gifts. Of the They're gifts. They're gifts. It's Christmas all the time. All the time, all the time, all the time. <laughs> Brother Roberts, why do you talk like that? Because you get it. If I talk real British, it's another sermon in your head that you just file. If I talk real rude and blunt, you won't forget it for two weeks. Hopefully, when you're in Starbucks on Monday, my blue suit and my crazy voice will come flying up in your memory and tell you, the gifts belong to you. Instead of sitting there going, and get an answer. Thank you for the amens. It's given to every person that there may be a prophet of victory. Jesus wants you to have 100% victory in every area of your life, private and publicly. You go, but Brother Roberts, I don't. That's why he gave you gifts to help you. Not telling you how to enjoy survival. Survival is not a Christian thing. It's a human nature. I'm just walking through. I'm hanging on. It's my lot in life. My lot in life is victory. My lot in life is victory. My lot in life is victory. Now that's my lot. What's yours? Do you know what yours is yourself? See, you're amening my victory. Get your own victory. Own it yourself. Don't want you to roll your eyes at me. I'll come out there and get you. I can walk over chairs and grab people. Some of you need that today. You've been too stiff. I can tell I've been gone too long. (laughs) You need a dose of me every so many weeks. 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) The gifts of the Spirit are given to everybody to get you victory in whatever area that you may be suffering or battling or uh, having challenges that won't go away. You know, people try to help you because they're real nice. People are nice, but they're not all powerful. Nice people aren't all powerful. Nice people have a little bit of power, a little bit of earthly influence, and once in a while you'll find somebody that knows how to contact God. Then we make them real famous and run to them by the thousands and say, touch me. Touch yourself. Read the Bible for yourself. Another remembrance. <laughs> That's why you're surviving right now. That's why you're just waiting for the rapture. Because you can't pay your bills. Your pain won't go away and your husband's crazy. And the only answer you think of is, if Jesus could come, my problems would just disappear in a moment. Come, Lord Jesus, quickly. Please come today, because Monday I have a bill and I have no money. Come today, or my husband's coming back from a business trip, and oh, please hurry, come today. Come before midnight. I know him. I pastored for 20 years. They come to my office and say that. Why won't the Lord come? I had to tell him this, and I'll tell you. He don't come because you have a problem. He don't come because your wife's nuts. He don't come because you have financial issues. He gave you chapter and verse and gifts to get you victory while you're here. Well, why don't God do it? He already did it. He's waiting for you to do your part. He said, well, what is it? First off, know that there are nine gifts he's got to help you and act like you want them. And he lists them in verse 8. Are you enjoying this yet? How's the balcony? All you guys way up there in the back row. Are you awake or asleep? Everybody elbow the next person. Make sure they're awake. I don't preach to sleeping people. What are the gifts of the Spirit in verse 8? We have three categories. Revelation gifts, utterance gifts, and power gifts. There's nine of them divided in that way for teaching purposes. Verse 8 says there's a gift called the word of wisdom. And it's, friend, the word of knowledge. What's that? Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do? I mean, you've got all the counsel from your friends and everybody, but it's still not working because man's knowledge sometimes doesn't have the answer. It just prolongs the suffering with a fake smile. Positive thinking is not victory. You're happy because you have victory, not trying to get victory because you have it. A word of knowledge and a word of wisdom is a fragment of God's all-knowing knowledge and wisdom about all things. And he gives you the part that you need right now to solve the problem you're facing to get you out of that defeat or problem into victory. So you could be walking down the street of London or under the, the, the underground, minding your own business, sitting there with all those stinky little people Squished up at evening time, 
You know, they're all in there mad. They've had a bad day at work. They're in the underground. Hmm. They won't say hello or goodbye. They just look at you like they're mad at the world. And right there in the middle of all those mad, angry faces, and one happy person that you wonder what they're smoking, <laughs> all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God just takes a piece of his knowledge because he likes you. He likes you. And he goes, I don't want you to live like this no more. And through the Holy Spirit's residence in you and the gift of the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge puts inside of your belly and your mind the answer for your problem right then. And all of a sudden you go from, I don't know what to do, to where you've got an answer. Isn't that good that God does that for us? Because we all meet situations and we meet people, we meet circumstances where, you know, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We want to do the right thing, but we don't know whether we go to the right or left or go or stop. <laughs> we don't know what to do. So we call all our friends. What do you think? 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 Oh, really? Oh, mm, yeah. Mm, oh, oh. And you walk out later crazy, like, <laughs> and your brain is dying because of 5,000 opinions, and none of them make sense. None of them make sense because humans are stupid. They're not as smart as God is. I know that word stupid strong, but you'll get the point. Humans aren't as smart as they say. God is all knowing. And God is willing to give you a piece of his wisdom, a piece of his knowledge to get you victory in your life and your family and your business. If you believe and accept the gifts of the spirit in your life, and that's just two of them, and there's more coming. And he says in verse 9, I give to you the gift of faith. Well, Brother Roberts, I have faith. I'm so proud of you. God bless you. I'm glad you've got faith. But if you ever woke up one day and your faith was tired, you're like, how long do I have to keep believing? Everybody, I've been like that. Happens every day about 10 o'clock. If you run a worldwide ministry, by 10.30, you're ready to quit and say, let me work at McDonald's and be happy. Let me buy a puppy and go home and have something jump up and down and like me. Welcome to the ministry. So you have to see all the financial situations, all the warfares, natural and spirit, every these things. And sometimes... Your everyday faith that you've been building is overwhelmed. Ever been there? And then if you're not careful, the devil will say, what's wrong with you? You don't have any faith. Just tell him it's true. I don't have big enough faith to conquer this, but I know someone who does. And this, my friend, is what the gift of faith is. The gift of faith is the amount of faith from God's heart that you need right now to get you over the problem and into victory supernaturally. Where you could be dying one minute and 30 seconds later, after the gift of faith comes inside of you, bam, you're Superman. And people go, what happened to you? Can I take that vitamin? It's not a vitamin. It's a gift that comes from God called the gift of faith. I've been there many times in my life to where that's probably one of my favorite gifts 
Because my everyday faith that I keep building them, confessing them, putting them, it's growing, but not fast enough for what I'm doing for Jesus. Thank God when I feel overwhelmed, I can look up and say, I'm available. I'm available for the gift of faith. And 30 seconds, maybe a minute or whatever it is, whoosh, it'll flow into me and it'll flow into you too. And before you were sad and grumpy about to die and looking for the rapture, now you're, where's the devil at? You turn into Rambo, a one-man army machine that scares everybody, including your dog. Because faith from God, when the good of faith comes in your belly, it gives you enough faith to get victory right then and to go joyfully through the battle of the future. Thank God for the gift of faith. You don't have to sit at home and cry and drink tea. Don't sit at home and go, shut up. Just shut up. Tell yourself to quit crying and start confessing the Bible. Start talking to the Heavenly Father who loves you and is willing to work through you and help you if you'll open the door to Him. How do you open the door? You use your mouth and say, I need you. I want you. Don't cry. Use your voice of faith and say, I believe that the nine gifts are for me and the gifts belong in my life. Thank you for my victory. And all of a sudden, you'll be surprised out of heaven. It don't come from Westminster. It comes from heaven. It don't come from the NHS system. It comes from heaven. Woo! It flies into your belly and changes your outlook and gives you victory. <laughs> I don't like that. Well, stay defeated then. You get what you believe. Good morning, everybody. I'm a guest speaker. I've only got a few minutes left because I hate that clock. And he gives verse 9. Are you enjoying this yet? I know some of you know this, but you need to be reminded. The Lord told me this morning at 3 o'clock. You woke me up at 3 o'clock this morning. I was sleeping real nice and good in my little hotel room. And you woke me up at 3 o'clock. And Jesus said to me, tell them about the gifts again because they're forgetting it. I thought, KT people... That's not their problem. And God only says some things once. Remember this. What he says, the last still stands. Even though your head keeps talking. And silence doesn't mean he's agreeing with you. Hear that balcony. Just because God goes quiet doesn't mean he's agreeing with your afterthoughts. What he said still stands. So I changed my sermon to this one. At three in the morning. Jesus likes you enough to wake me up at three in the morning to tell me, don't preach that. Preach this. They need to be reminded that I want to help them. And here's how I help them. He likes you. He likes you a whole lot. He likes you. Amen. Verse nine, he says, I give to you gifts of healing. It's a plural gift, more than one under that category. Here's what gifts of healings are. Every disease known and labeled by man and every disease that man has not labeled yet that exists out there, there's a gift from God under the category of gifts of healing that'll cure you. That's what that is. So every problem, minor, major, known or Unlabeled, 
There's a gift from God that'll cure you. It'll fix you right there in your house by yourself. If you want it. You don't have to be in church. It's nice when you're in church. You'll do it here too. But you can do it at home. Right where you're sitting there in your chair. He'll send a gift to heal you. If you'll welcome it. Verse 10. Another one of the gifts is the working of miracles. Now this is the funny one. I like this one because most people miss this one and then they ask this question. Why aren't there more miracles in the church and why aren't there more miracles? You know, there's a gift of miracles. No, there's not. That's all the Bible says there. Look at it. It didn't say the gift of miracles. You better be careful how you look at the Bible and what you say. It didn't say the gift of miracles. There's no such thing as the gift of miracles. It's the gift of the working of miracles. See it? It's right there. Look at it. Look at it. Take your pen out and underline the working word. Working, working, working of miracles. The Lord said to me one day, you know why that gift is so rare? I said, I don't, I don't know. He said, men don't like the working part. You know why some of you don't have the miracles you might need? Don't get mad at me now because I'm preaching the Bible. Don't give me that British look. Hear me. I might help you today. I might just help you today in a way that you've been looking for for a while. They don't like the working part. They want it just to be the gift of miracles where it's like a genie out of a bottle or wiggle your nose and boop, it just happens. Or I go, what do you do? And you get it. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No. 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 It's the gift of the working of miracles. Let me give you a story from Jesus because you won't believe it from anybody else. Jesus is walking according to the gospels one day and a blind man comes up to him. Lots of blind people like Jesus because he helped them. And a blind man walked up to him and goes, I want my sight. Well, that's logical. Anybody blind wants to see. Anybody deaf wants to hear. Anybody crippled wants to walk. Logical. So far, the story is normal. We can understand and relate to it in human emotion and human intellect. But what's about to happen is going to blow your British mind. It blows Americans too. Blows it. They just freak out. They start doing a grocery list when I teach this part in their head so they can ignore it and act like they don't have any responsibility to what I'm teaching them. Jesus bends over and spits on the ground. Remember that story? I'm not making it up. We all laugh at it. <laughs> Look what he did. He did it. It's not a Disney cartoon. Live and in color. Jesus, pay, 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 pay. And he makes some mud. That's what the Bible says with his spit. That's not Paul or Peter. That's Jesus. The Son of God, perfect man from heaven, 
clay makes mud. I was told as a little boy, you don't spit. It's kind of not good manners. But it's okay to spit when it's a working of a miracle. He spits and makes mud and picks it up. And you will not believe what he does next. He don't wash his hands. He grabs the man's shirt and pulls it close to him and puts mud real good in both eyes. That's what he does. So the Bible says, I'm not making it up. And then says, go wash. Well, duh. You got mud in your face, you need to wash. But it's how you got the mud in your face is the problem. About that time, the elders of the synagogue go, I told you not to go to the Jesus crusade. He does weird things like that, and I warned you not to go. But there's probably one good guy or lady or little kid or maybe a decent elder says he told you to go wash at this pool. I'll help you get there. So a blind man walks through Jerusalem with mud in his face, being led by another nice person, and everybody goes, what's wrong with the blind man? Jesus did that to him. It's already on the 6 o'clock news and CNN and BBC. Jesus spits and puts mud in the blind man's face. Let's get him for not being nice. Let's put him in a British courthouse and put him in jail for being rude to the blind man. He's not politically correct in his activities. And the blind man with mud now kind of running down his cheeks a little bit. Mud don't stay in a permanent spot. It kind of moves around. And he reaches over and begins to take the water from the pool that was prescribed to him by Jesus. And as he washed it out of his face, two eyes came seeing perfect vision for the first time in that man's life. But there was two workings for that miracle. Spit and make mud and put in his face. First working. Lady, would you do that? You're taking too long. That means no. (laughs) I see Claudia back there. She'd do it. Claudia's crazy like that. She has crazy faith. I don't know call it crazy. Call it good wild faith that gets stuff done. That's the first job. You here on the front row with your high-tech Bibles. Could you put down your high-tech phone and spin somebody and make mud and put in their face and be happy about it? Brother Roberts, that's not my ministry. It's not a ministry. It's a gift. <laughs> it's not a ministry, brother. Even though you wear New York, Brooklyn, they're all crazy in New York. They don't do this. That's why most New Yorkers stay mad and want to scream and yell all the time. They go to church and go home still broke, sick, and angry because no one tells them how to work with God. No one told them this morning. There's a gift for the working of miracles that'll cure you or fix your money or turn your family around or your job around. The second working part was the man had to go to the right pool. And when he did it, he came seeing. That's the working of miracles. I was in Delaware preaching one night. And the pastor asked me to do the offering, which is fine. 
as I was sitting on the front row being introduced to do the offertory, the Lord said to me, just as clear as I heard my name and me speaking, he said, Roberts? Oh, I knew that tone. Get in the baptistry and pick up the offering from there. I said, excuse me? I hope there's no water in it. Because they had one of those old-timey baptistries in this church, about a 1,000 people or so. He said, get in the baptistry and have the people bring their money and throw it in the baptistry, and you stomp on it and pray in tongues at the same time. I said, I want to come back to this church. <laughs> I, I don't want to be cast out of this church. I want to come back and be, I, want, I like these people. I like them. You do something like that, you might not get invited back. You might be not even invited to speak that night. But I learned one thing from my grandmother. Shut up and obey. There comes a moment in time when you want a miracle, you just got to shut up and obey. Just shut your mind down, tell your friends to go away or be quiet and obey. I looked at them like I'm looking at you. I said, I'm going to do something kind of unusual. I'm going to get in that baptistry back there. The pastor looked at me like, uh, there's no water in it. I said, good. <laughs> she thought I was going to do water baptism. I said, and we're going to receive the offering. All you that plan to give the night or want to give to this church, I want you to come up on stage and throw it in there, and I'm going to step on it and scream in other tongues, praying tongues on it. I know it sounds crazy. I thought it was crazy. If I didn't hear it from the Lord, I thought the God knew it would be crazy. So I got in there, and they all came and did it. I stepped on it and did my thing. Nothing, nothing, nothing happened except for it was a strange offering. I come out of the baptistry, came and preached my Bible lesson, and went home thinking I will never be invited back to that church again for the rest of my life. I got a call a few weeks later. He said, Brother Roberts, I have a question for you. I said, uh-oh, here it comes. So I put up my shield of faith to help protect my heart. He said, will you come back and get back in my baptistry and do an offering like that again, please? I said, excuse me? He goes, would you come back and get in the baptistry and we'll throw our money in there again and you jump on them screaming in tongues like you did last time? He goes, because of the time you did that to today, our church was paid off in three weeks. In three weeks. Now, I, I, I know... I know for the British mind, that sounds nuts. For the American mind, nuts too. Any educated brain goes, what? Yeah, but it was the working of miracles. Now, not all the time does that gift work that unusual, but it does sometimes. Sometimes it's as simple as baking a cake and taking it to your neighbor with a smile. It can be that simple. I mean, I, I, I don't know why it works like that, but it does. And Mr. New Yorker, it'll work for New Yorkers in Brooklyn if they'll do it. Even if you're not from New York, it'll work for you wherever you come from. It's one of the gifts. I got to close, but I don't want to. I hate that clock. That <laughs> clock is the only demonic thing in this room. <laughs> Let me just read you the rest of them real fast. Pastor Colin has a great book on the gifts of the Spirit. I encourage you to get if you haven't known much about him. Go to the bookstore and get his books. 
And he gives to another prophecy. Discerning the spirits to know what's motivating a person or a situation. And he gives to another tongues and the interpretation of that tongue. Why does God not just talk? I don't know, but sometimes he chooses to communicate through a tongue over here and the interpretation over there. Or it could be at home with a husband and wife and your three kids by the dinner table. Or while you're just playing ball in the park and all of a sudden, the little boy may speak out in tongues and mama may interpret it. Don't sit there and go, eh, eh, no, just take it. Actually, this one's turn, I'll try to close. Really, I will. I had a wild grandma. Hope you have one. One that doesn't think like most people think. And I learned over the years that whenever my grandmother had a certain, mm, I just went, yes, amen. <laughs> because by this time, I was pastoring a couple thousand member church. And I just learned that when my grandmother started acting a certain way, just take a step back. When you're 80 years old, you can do what you want to do. <laughs> Especially when you're 80 years old and you're a prayer warrior and she spanked you and prayed for you and birthed you, you just, amen. And we were at the lunch table after Sunday morning and we had a guest speaker and his wife that we had had that morning in our church. Went out to a real nice restaurant where the food comes like this and not like that. <laughs> you know, where rich, snooty people go. I like eating with them. Their food is better than McDonald's. <laughs> and I sit there and I noticed my grandmother's behavior. I thought, oh. She looked at me, she goes, Robert, I have something. I said, nah, I thought so. She goes, it's a tongue. I said, a tongue at this restaurant? She goes, God doesn't care where you're at when he wants to talk. Remember that, sir. He don't care where you're at or who you're with. When he wants to talk, he just starts talking. And whatever method he wants to talk with, he just starts talking that way. He can talk through prophecy or the inner witness or by a tongue and interpretation. She goes, I've got it. And I'm just giving you forewarning, forewarning, it's coming. So I just leaned over to my guest. I said, um, my grandmother is about to be grandma. And I said, you're about to understand why I am the way I am. And the, and the minister goes, really? I said, hang on. I said, go. And she didn't yell, but she gave it strong enough where you were sitting at the table, you could hear it. And it wasn't in English or French or German or Spanish. It was in other tongues. And it was not just praying in tongues. It was a message. When a message in tongues come, it comes with more authority and directness with it than you just praying in your everyday prayer language. That's the simplest way to see the difference. And then she went quiet and picked up her little glass of tea and drank some and looked at me, put it down. And she goes, I'm done. When I said, but the Bible says we, we need the interpreter. She said, well, go get it. She said, I don't have it. So I'm sitting there with my nice steak getting cold. The waiter trying to give us more bread. He said, shh, go away for a minute. Shh, shh. God's talking. He just looked at you. I said, God, I, I know, don't even worry about it. Just come back in five minutes. Don't let waiters interrupt God. Don't let waiters interrupt God. Be polite, but shh, be quiet. Mm -mm. Oh, and about a minute or so, because we all stopped eating. When you reverence something, it makes a path for it to come. Remember, if your family will reverence, what I mean by reverence, honor it, not be ashamed of it, 
Give time for it. That's how the gifts of the Spirit come when you honor it and you give time to it and you don't roll your eyes and bow your head and, and, and try to hide your face in shame. You sit there and you welcome the voice of God. You welcome the gifts of God. You welcome them in your life. The message came through to tell the lady in front of me, the, the guest speaker's wife, she was pregnant. They've been trying to have a baby. They couldn't have one. And the Lord said, tell her. I've heard their cry, and they will find they're with child. Sure, eyes got real big. I said, now go ask the doctor to confirm it. Oh, and about two weeks later, I got a phone call. Oh, guess what? We're going to have a baby. So I knew that two weeks ago at the restaurant when God came in the middle of our lunch meal at a high, expensive restaurant with a tongue in its interpretation to tell you you're going to have a baby. Quit worrying. The miracle has happened. This are the gifts of the Spirit that are for you in your life every day, not just on this platform on Sunday or a guest speaker crusade or a bonky meeting. It is for you in Starbucks, you in your house, you in your flat, you in the subway or the underground. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you today. It's for you to get victory every single time. That is the nine gifts of the Spirit for you, lady, and you need them. You need them. They're for you. Do you believe that, sir? Then act like it. Let your insides control your outsides. What you're ashamed of will never work for you. What you're ashamed to teach on a Sunday morning in the church won't work in your church. What you're ashamed of in your Bible school will not go in your other churches. I could teach a British message. I'm a church historian. I know how to look important and talk intellectual. But it does nothing for you when you walk out those doors today. You go, well, wasn't Brother Roberts real nice? Nice messages don't change life. Nice messages don't kill cancer and give you money miraculously. Nice messages don't move mountains and give you a glorious victory. Oh, hallelujah. Now, for about a, a minute, we're going to do something. The way you get the gifts of the Spirit in your life is you acknowledge them that they're scriptural. And you tell heaven and the Holy Spirit, you want them. And you make yourselves available for them to come for you as the Spirit wills. You may go six months and one gift may never come, but the day a problem shows up, a day that a situation shows up, if you've kept yourself in that highway of respect between the gifts of God and the Holy Spirit, when you need it, it'll shoom and flow right into your life. Anybody can open their life and keep it open ever so often in a week, two, three times a week maybe. You just stop. You tell your head and all those weird things around you because your words dictate your atmosphere. I believe in Jesus. I am his son. And I am one of God's great family members.
And I want the nine gifts of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I open up my life to all nine of your manifestations that 1 Corinthians says is mine. I welcome them. In the morning, at noontime, in the evening, in the middle of the night, I welcome, I welcome the gifts of the Spirit. Flow through me and help me. Now right where you are, do that right now. Open up your mouth where you are and tell the heavens and the earth that you want the nine gifts to flow in your life. Come on, open your mouth up loud. You're in church or you can do that. I want the nine gifts. I welcome them in my life. They belong to me. I'm not ashamed. I welcome them. I welcome them. Come on, a little bit stronger. A little bit stronger. Open your mouth up and tell heaven. Tell heaven what you believe. Use your words to open up the door of the supernatural into your life. We welcome the Holy Spirit. We welcome the gifts of the Spirit. We're welcome. We welcome. In the name of Jesus. All right, now look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Everybody stop listening for just for a minute. Look at me. Everybody on the balcony. Everybody on camera. Now, the way you did that was very bad. Let me be bold with you. If that's the way you welcome God, that means you have little respect or belief in what you're saying. Here's the way some of you are going, I just want to worship you. I don't want to what in the world is that you're not Catholic you're not dead Methodist I'll get there in a minute hang on I told him to come up here he's okay open your mouth up like you're in a soccer game or a football game you're a nice little tying suit on open your mouth up and act like you mean it don't do, that's why you don't get it even you old ladies with white hair, act crazy. Don't die until you're dead. Stay alive. All right, one more time. Lift your hands up and welcome the gifts of the Spirit in your life. Welcome the gifts of the Spirit in your life. Come on, with your voice of faith, your voice of respect, welcome. Come on, lift up your voice. Let the Holy Ghost know that you want them. Hallelujah. A little bit more, a little bit more. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory be to God forever. Glory be to God forever. We like the gifts. We desire them in our life, in our churches, our families, in our businesses. Hallelujah. Shame of 
the gifts of the Spirit be in your Amen, amen, amen. 